Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, Rachel, uh, thank you for being a guest host today on this very special six unseemly guest co-host, I say, I would say on this very special uh, six unseemly questions. Uh, Are you excited about being the guest co-host? I am always excited when I get to be the guest co-host. I know it's not your favorite thing, but I know it's not at all. But I do know that it's our audience's favorite thing. (laughs) What? (laughs) I think we've heard different. Uh, I'm just saying. Uh, let's just get started with the show, everybody. Six Unseemly Welcome to Six Unseemly Questions. I'm your host, Victor Bernardo. This is my sidekick, Rachel Teichman. Uh, we've got a great contestant on the show today. Everybody, put your hands together for Jeff Kaufman. All right. Come on up. Did you want to ask what? me a question? Because you skipped that. What are you talking about? I just asked you a question. I asked if you were excited to be the co-host. Oh, that was my question? Okay. What the hell? This is why I don't like you as a co-host. <laughs> All right. We've got a great contestant on the show today. Everybody, please leave that part in the show, by the way. Do not edit that out. Oh, I was planning to. Everybody, we've got a great contestant on the show today. Please put your hands together for Jeff Kaufman. All right. Yeah, thank thank you guys. This feels like a divorce mediation, but we'll keep going. <laughs> Jesus, listen, right. we've been doing this show for a couple of years, and we are ready uh, for each other's nonsense. I would say all there the time. You go. All right, well, welcome to the show. Uh, glad to have you. Ah, it's good to be had. Good to be here. You know, it's fun to be on a new show. I never know what's going to happen. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen, and then we'll get started. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you six unseemly questions. At the end of each question, I'll ring a bell if I like your answer like this. However, if I do not like your answer, I'll not ring a bell, and I'll tell you why. Regardless of how many many bells you get at the end of the show, I'll decide whether or not it's worth giving you five whole dollars. I love being subjectively wrong. That's great. (laughs) There's plenty of that in this show. Yeah, here you go. All right. Uh, First of all, Rachel, whose side are you on? I wasn't picking sides. I was just mm. telling the objective truth about the subjective matter. Oh, wow. Okay. Way to talk over my head. All right. Uh, let's get started with question number one. Question number one. What's the last thing you baked? Ah, uh, <laughs> well, I was actually in Vegas and I was actually baked. Now that I remember, you know, it's legal oh, in Las Vegas. Great pun. Yes. Well, serious. I was I was going to the Aerosmith concert. My buddy was like, hey, you know, it's legal. I'm going, oh, good. So, yeah, oh, you were at the Aerosmith concert. Yeah. My buddy Cosmo does lighting for them. A good friend of mine uh, used to be a co-manager of Aerosmith. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. They pack it up. They're doing residency in Las Vegas. So I was having a good time. My buddy does lighting for them. So I was in the lighting booth watching all this happen with my buddy Jamie and Jamie goes, uh-huh. Hey, I need to take a break. And he, and his break included some quality, uh, marijuana. All right. And so that was, so that I was, I did get a little baked there. The last thing I baked, I believe it or not, I tried to go old school pot pie uh-huh. and I failed so miserably because, you know, they tell you a certain time 
but I, I think that's subjective too. So I put it in there and it came out as a brick and I tried to eat it and it didn't work my way. And what I ate came out very fast. So yeah, that was a, that was a terrible experience. The Vegas experience was a lot better than the actual bacon experience. So the pot was... pie, the pot pie, you were putting it in the oven. Yeah. And okay. they say, put it in for 18 minutes or whatever it was. So I put it in for 18, you know, no preheating. So it wasn't like I overly preheated and I tried to eat a stone. And it just failed miserably. What yeah. kind of pot pie was it? It was ones you get from the the cold ones, you know, like the old cheap ones. I'm not talking the high end Boston market ones. I'm talking one of the old school. Pop it in the oven. You'll be happy with the with the with the square meat. You know, I forget that I'm not like eight anymore. So I think I can eat anything. Well, I'm going to say on this question, no bell. And I'll tell you why. Uh, because uh, your first answer was a pun, and then your second answer uh, was a tragedy. I. I don't know if the first one was a pun. I mean, that actually happened. I mean, we, we, that's what we call getting baked. I mean, which okay. is a pun on it the is? word okay. bake, which I, right. I said the word bake, meaning the other bake. And you okay. knew which other bake I meant. But I really appreciated the first one more. So, okay, but we'll go on. I understand. I understand. I, I understand that uh, weed is probably a lot better than a terrible pot pie. <laughs> can, can I, can I negotiate <laughs> since, since I get five questions and I get, you have I five want... more. You only, you, you did the first one now. Which means that I'm 80%. I got, I'm down to 80% from a 100% chance. So, okay. Well, I did say regardless of how many bells you get, I'll decide. Okay. I didn't know if I could negotiate for four bucks right now, but okay. All right. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it. Okay. We'll see what happens. Oh, now uh, that we asked the first question, it's time for question number two. But before we do that, we'd like you to tell our audience out there what you do. I'm actually a comic book writer. Uh, nice. I write comic books for a lot of independent companies. I also do stand-up, uh, professional stand-up comedian, and I actually practice law in 18 states, which makes me the Guinness Book World Record holder for that. So pretty cool. Oh, Why wow. aren't there more people like doing that in more states? Do, uh, wait. Because they don't want to take the tests. Oh, you have to pass the bar for every yeah. state. You, you can comp into a certain amount, but a lot you have to take tests for. So I took okay. about eight, nine bar exams. Wow. Which takes you about six months to study. A lot of nonsense. Wow. I mean, it's, it feel like, I feel like there could be uh, some standard, standardized, standardization added in that particular part of the industry. <laughs> it, it could, but remember, every state is different. For example, uh, convicted felons can't vote in Virginia, but they can vote in a lot of other states. So they do have laws that are different. For example, you can't sleep with a girl who's 12 in Georgia, but if you marry him, it's okay. So, what? Yeah. No, yeah. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I'm just well, telling you, this is the the laws change based on our politics. I don't know what I'm talking about. Line. My grand my grandmother got married when she was 13. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. Elvis, you know, come on. Uh, it's now time for question number two. Question number two. Are you good with emojis? I am unbelievably terrible with emojis. Oh, really? Because, because I, I'm actually opposed to it because I think it has taken away our ability to write answers. Okay. And the problem with an emoji is it's not always clear what it means. You're like going, you know, based on the eyebrow and the emoji or something else like that, you could absolutely think something else. So, for example smiley face or something else you're going did you like everything in the answer or did you like just part of it i think it's i think it's an answer for somebody who doesn't really want to write out the answer what That's about it. emoticons 
which ones? What? Give me an example. Well, like in the pre-emoji days when you would like type a colon and a parentheses to make a smiley face, like like an old school emoticon. Oh, you're ridiculously genius to do that. I think you have to have a certain capability. I mean, that emoticons, when I remember that going, okay, if you put these four things together, it makes a smile. Yeah. I was amazed at the technical uh, genius behind that. And I just was never smart enough to be able to get that one down. So I, I will respect that because you carried a certain amount of technical skill. So. And uh, the one last question about uh, emojis: uh, Are you how are you in, at interpreting them? Um, if it's a single one, it's okay. But if Correct. it's multiple ones in a row, it feels like a code. Yes, it feels like they're trying to. You know, what are what are the, what those machines that used to be able to decipher uh, stuff in World War Two? The Enigma code. Know. The Enigma oh, code. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. No I, way. No way. I'm yeah. horrible. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna give you a bell. I'll tell you why. Just because you're just honest and nice. And so I liked it. I liked that you called me a technical genius when I was five years old. Yeah. Yeah. I've always see Rachel has skills. I didn't have them. <laughs> Rachel is deceptive. Yes. I, wait, wait, hold on a second. Deceptively <laughs> brilliant or just deceptive as a human being? Just, okay. just deceptive. Okay. All right. I, I mean, you I think she's you well one enough, thing Rachel. and then you find out later on she's something else. Cute. I just saw the just saw the the post. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. It is now time for question number three. Question number three. What's the biggest favor you've ever done for a stranger? For a stranger. Yes. Um. I have represented uh, people in court for long periods of time, uh, for like five, six, seven days. I've done major trials for people I don't know, and that is that is the truly biggest pain because it's it's heartbreaking it's everything else but the most recent thing i did is somebody just uh private messaged me and said jeff the hurricane's going on i know you don't know me but i'm hungry and i need money for food for the next three days and i was in san diego doing a conference mm -hmm. on the internet and i said you know what and i said i don't know you do and i walked into the meeting i felt bad i walked out and i paypal'd them a hundred bucks and even though I knew it could be, I could be absolutely scammed. Right. I, I felt so bad for another person that even if I was being scammed, I couldn't live with the idea that somebody went hungry because I couldn't have sent a hundred bucks. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I understand that. Uh, there's, there's things that like, I have rules for myself in general, but like it, for instance, like, I usually don't give out money to people on the street just because I don't know like what that's going to be. But if ever there's like time and they're like want food, then I'll usually go buy people food. Like I'll go give them food and like hand them a burger or whatever if I have time. And so it, it just like, but you, yeah, it's just like, you don't know the extent of what you're doing, like how it helps people or, or if it will or whatever, but just sometimes it just feels good to just like do something, you know, anything. <laughs> it's for me, it's a Jiminy Cricket issue. Uh -huh. I suddenly get that guilt. I have that, you know, he's on my shoulder and he goes, he goes, Jeff, do it. It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. Right. So that's what happens to me. So no, I get that. that. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's a good story. All right. Here you go. Another bell. Uh, look at me. Yeah. Two look bells. At you. Look at me. One more and I'm in business. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, it is time for question number four. Question number four. Are you a good lawyer? God, that, that, I wish I could say that there isn't a straight answer. The straight answer is, as a performing lawyer, I'm ridiculous. But I, I think, that because I feel guilty, 
about not being able to get a great result for somebody. Uh-huh. I think that's what makes me a better lawyer. So I, I think the guilt I carry on on the possibility that I would let somebody down makes me a better lawyer than just because I have a ridiculous skill set in that I've been practicing for 26 years and I'm licensed in so many states. So I think having a lawyer who actually feels guilty if things go wrong for you is more important than their actual skill set. So yeah, I think I think on both scenarios, I am a good lawyer. You know what? That is really interesting. I never thought about that part of being a lawyer. This just like, you know, how how you, you know, you don't want to disappoint people. It's horrific. I mean, I've had trials. I did a very famous trial. It was called the Tigger trial where I put the Tigger costume on and it was in the closing. And uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. If you take if you type in, be very careful with this word, people. Tigger, T-I-G-G-E-R, uh-huh. you'll see a picture of me actually talking to a jury wearing the official Walt Disney World Tigger costume. I, um, this is, this is yeah. happening. Okay. Yeah, I'm please here for keep it. going. <laughs> yeah. But, but in what happened was, is he was, if I would have lost, he was looking at a minimum of 15 years and I was sick every day of that trial. Every night I didn't sleep. And finally, when it was over, I looked over at, at my client, Michael. And I said, Michael, that's all I got, man. You know, I, I you know, I can't tell you whether we won or lost, but th- no other person could have gave you what I just gave you. And that, that the, that's the hard part about it for me. It's not about the money if it's a civil case, but in criminal cases, it was about the freedom mm-hmm. and losing somebody's freedom at the fear that you didn't do everything possible was a very tough thing for me to deal with. But, you know, I was fortunate that I was very good at my job. That is, that's amazing and insightful. I like it. God, I should have, I should have went with baked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I love this episode so far. This is awesome. All right. All right. Uh, but now it is time for question number five. Question number five. Here it is. Did you build forts as a kid? Oh, yeah. But oh, I, yeah? I, yeah, but I, I used blankets. Not, they were definitely not good for hurricanes. I was uh-huh. a I was a blanket building force because they you were able to do you got covered more distance than just like a, a cardboard box. So I would take every blanket in the house and basically this was a palace because uh-huh. I, mean, I would cover, I would say conservatively, maybe a 20 by 20. So there was a lot going on. That's pretty on. good. Yeah. But that could only be done with basically brooms and, and tying the corners of the blankets together. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. You had to the, the tent poles, the brooms were acted like tent poles. So uh-huh. you'd have to get each corner and the middle you'd have to support with multiple brooms. Or, why did or mops. why did your family have so many brooms and mops? Um, I think we had like four, I think four to six. Um, we were Jews, so we never threw anything out. Maybe that's I mean, same, same with my family, yeah. but like like we have multiple yardsticks, but as far as I know, we have one broom. I never thought of that. I never thought of the concept. I think that was uh I know there was a closet with brooms and mops in it and rakes. So I, oh, I don't think, I don't think I used a rake though. A rake would not have worked. So I don't think we used a rake because that Mm -hmm. would just fall down even with the pressure from the top and the rakes bend at the bottom. So I'm not like I was a great engineer, but you know, other than my sister knocking it down because she was little than me, she was two years younger. She took out every fort I had and it wasn't because I didn't include her. It was just because she just wasn't very coordinated. All right. 
Sorry, I didn't know if that was oh, no, no, no. I, no. I insulted was, my sister whether I lost the answer. No, not at, no, not at all. I the reason that I'm gonna give you no bell on this one is because I'm a cardboard fort sort of guy. Uh, I'm not a blanket fort guy. I like you know my architecture to have detail, and so. How big were the boxes that you, I mean, how many boxes could you have actually had in the house? Was that like a Christmas fort? Well, uh, the, my forts would be usually made from boxes that we would get uh, from deliveries or boxes that I could find in the basement or wherever. Like I would just find boxes and I would bring them back. I grew up in the eighties. Uh, there was a lot of break dads, And so people loved cardboard. It was all over the place. There it's crazy all over the place. Yeah, for yeah. forts i would use chairs and blankets well but but if i was gonna use cardboard boxes it was to make a fort for my cats rachel who asked you me <laughs> i asked me man so, uh, you know, i need to, i need to just go so how does that make you feel rachel sorry <laughs> no that's my job i ask you that okay, i'm the therapist right. in the room okay Oh, here we go again. I'm a therapist. It's all oh, here we go. Yeah. I, all right. Uh, it is time. It is time for question number six. Question number six. What level of fame are you trying to achieve? It's real simple. I think fame. People do it for two reasons. One, because their own internal compass demands uh, feedback from people. And okay. then other people know that fame will allow you to do more things that you love. Mm -hmm. And uh, ego fame doesn't work for me because I know I'm God's going to kick me in the face. Mm -hmm. um, the fame that allows me to be able to write Spider-Man or to write or, or to do a show that I love or to be able to, let's say, for example, go to Aerosmith and sit in the sound booth that allows me to experience more life I like. So I think... Fame to allow you more doors to better experiences is what I'm shooting for, rather than uh, I feel important about myself. Can that, you quantify that? Um, yeah. You normally quantify it by the stuff you get to do. For example, when you go to uh, Comic-Con and you get to hang out with uh, somebody that you've always been dying to ask questions to, you know, a celebrity that you followed for years and you have some stuff and i'm not talking about how cool your show was but i mean to be able to hear something really like i'm good friends with a lot of people who have succeeded and to be able to talk to them about important levels of the world that i would never have access to before uh i get knowledge and experience and that's that's how i quantify it i absolutely understood what you meant and i think that is awesome i'm giving you a bell awesome oh. yeah Four it's out great. Of six. okay that okay. i, I I agree with you that I agree with you, especially that uh, getting just giving it yourself a chance to like live more life. That's I think what it's <laughs> it's all about is just like you want to live life and have fun. Yeah, I don't want free stuff. It's not about it's not about people treating you differently or getting free stuff. I mean, for me, it's it's so cool to be able to experience something. And I go, wow, I, this was like I was just on stage at Cirque du Soleil in Vegas. And, and somehow this buddy of mine got me these seats where I was sitting and I'm watching this performer right here. And the appreciation I had for it was just unbelievable. And, you know, sometimes you get lucky that way. Amazing. 
Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show. Now you've answered all six questions. Uh, it is time to decide whether or not you get $5 for your appearance on the show. Uh, but before we do that, will you tell people out there where to find you? Um, well, there are a couple different things. I, if you want to see my comic books, you go to Big City Comics. Nice. Uh, if you want to go to the law firm, it's uh, whenyouneedus.com. If you want to go see my podcast, which is also a YouTube show, it's on uh, Under Oath with Jeff Kaufman. Uh, but if you just want a general stuff of being able to, how to get to all my stuff, just uh, go to uh, therealjeffkaufman.com and you'll get access to all of it. Awesome. Uh, go go check out his stuff. Also check out Under Oath. I'm on an episode. So everybody, make sure you swing by. All right, Jeff. It's now time, it's now, it's time to decide whether or not you get $5. Uh, as always, we canvass the room. Uh, first, we'll start with Rachel. Rachel, what do you think? Should Jeff get $5 for his appearance on the show? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to say yes, because um, he came here. He gave it his best shot. And that's really all we could have asked from him. All right. That seems oddly positive for you, Rachel. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, Jeff, what do you think? Should you get $5 for your appearance on the show? No. No. Any reason I, why? Yeah, I think it should go. I think it should go uh, to somebody who needs it. And I think I would like it to be donated to the most needy listener you have. Oh, well, okay. uh, seems like Jeff has never seen the show as uh, yeah. you know that if you try to make us donate it to charity of any kind, you automatically don't get the five dollars. But you there already you said go. no anyway, so it doesn't really matter. There you go. <laughs> All right. I, uh, go ahead. I just appreciate being here. I think it's been a, uh, you know, when you have to answer questions like that, the fear is you're always going to say something that puts you in a stupid position or everything else like that. But your questions were pretty straight on, man. I appreciate it. Well, I, we appreciate you. This is a great episode and uh, we enjoyed having you here. I just have to wrap up the show. Uh, so Rachel, what yeah. did you learn on this week's episode? Well, I learned that if you type a colon and a parentheses, it makes you a technical genius. Fair enough. Everybody, check us out at Six Unseemly on all social media and unseemlyquestions.com. A podcast network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 